All right, it's on. What? It's on? Welcome to our world. Well, I'm Jess. And I'm Adam. That's it. So how many a week? So is this like your Monday night routine, I guess? And then you just release them as you... Um, as yeah, you... Monday or Tuesday. We try to record at least every other week. But yeah. it, lately it seems like we've been doing it every week. Yeah. Um, which is Maggie great. Camp kind of lost us. Right. And so we didn't... This part is the part that I enjoy the most. Right. And so Adam's like, hey, let's pump the brakes because I have a lot to edit. And I was like, no. Nah. No, that's your problem, Adam. <laughs> I just, this is the part of the process that I enjoy the most. So it's like if we have a bank of right. interviews, great. Yeah. And no pressure to edit because yeah. Lord knows I don't do any of that. If you're having weekly panic attacks because you're not editing fast enough. <laughs> I'm just not. Kidding. You, you I'm do kidding. it on your pace. You have never once pushed. You don't strike me as someone who could have a panic attack. Me? Right. Oh, well. Hey. Maybe I'll. Right. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. Cheers to that. Right. <laughs> That's an accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Well, are we? Are we are we rolling. Ready to go. We're rolling. We've been rolling. Awesome. What's up, everyone? What's up? Welcome to our world. Here we are. Um, we <laughs> have the honor tonight to be uh, visiting with David Broso. Um, who is uh, a huge piece of both of our worlds. For sure. Um, and someone that I was just tickled as soon as we knew that he was going to be on the show. We yeah. joked as soon as we had the show that he was going to be on. Um, and uh, I think just the wave of followers that we've had over the last week have wow. uh, impressed him enough to have him sitting here in our <laughs> wonderful studio. So, David, thank you so yeah. much uh, for, for agreeing to do this. I hope they keep following you after tonight. I hope I don't ruin it for you. I think you'll be fine. I don't think so. Um, we don't. We, it's not that far of a, a fall from grace. If, if we do, so I think we're okay. That's awesome. Well, um, so it absolutely terrifies me to ask you this question, but to follow suit, David, who the hell do you think you are? <sighs> I love wow. it. Yes, that's a great question. <laughs> You know, first and foremost, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a family guy, um, I'm a son, I'm a brother, um, that's that's hopefully what will define me one day, um, but then I have to get up and go to work every day too, so um, I work in real estate, um, yeah, as you guys know, so with Keller Williams, my title for lack of a better term is I don't like titles but that's what they gave me it's called operating partner so I I'm the majority owner of the southwest office and the Kirkwood office and about um, a year and a half ago a little bit more than a year and a half ago I got the opportunity to go up north and run all of Canada for Keller Williams that's awesome so that's kind of it I guess okay um, that's certainly not it, but um, in a nutshell, okay. So of all of those uh, balls that you have up in the air, family, professional, all of that, who helps you run your world? A lot of people. 
Um, on a daily basis, my wife for sure. Um, Who's a rock star producer yeah, herself. Yeah. yeah. So Angela, uh, I, I always, so she runs me so I can do what I have to do, right? So, sure. yeah, I mean, that's, that's the easiest way to say it. She, she, you know, like when it comes down to our household, the kids, uh, oh, school starts, or, oh, we have parent-teacher, or, oh, there's a soccer tournament, or, oh, there's whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, without that clarity and, and support, there's no way I can do, especially traveling the way I've been traveling. Yeah. Sure. So on a daily basis, on a personal level, it's certainly the, she's the glue for sure. And then, um, and then I'm just lucky to to have surrounded myself with awesome people at at work. You know, uh, I know Dave Dave Nation was here, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, Dave is a big piece of my world and, and helps out and as as you know certainly changed my world. Um, Jen Kidini, Russ Nolting, uh, Alicia Martin, um, and those are on a professional level are real close to me. Krista uh, Krista Staub and uh, Abby uh, Nadolny at, at Kirkwood, and then um, they were kind of my my three horsemen, if you will, in, in each of my offices. And then uh, I got an operations manager in Canada helps me on a daily basis, Jeanette. And um, at the risk of sounding corny, I guess I would say on a on a uh, other side, like, like I said, Angela does a lot of the personal stuff, but on a personal slash emotional place my, my parents have always been present and yeah um, awesome. I, I, I got I got pretty awesome parents so I and a sister so I, I lean on them still and will harass her and lean on them when they need to yeah <laughs> no it's I tell her all the time she's adopted when she gets pissed at me so. <laughs> is she younger than you or older than you she's younger oh so you yeah. can say that and yeah. she can have a little bit of questioning in there yeah, whether little, it's true or not. yeah i find every way i can create questioning for her i do it doesn't matter how old we are what? i think that's it's always going to be like that that's yeah. right that's how right. often do you get to see your parents and your sister well i grew up i grew up in canada right so i grew up in montreal my parents still live in the house that we grew up in mm. so when i uh when i i guess committed to stay to the states as a family, we committed to, at the time, our goal was to see each other at least once a quarter until we realized that that was crazy. Uh, we did that for a little bit, and then, uh, but at least at least twice a year, if not three, but twice a year for sure, uh, they'll come down. My parents are getting closer to retirement, so it's easier for them to, to come down. Sure. Um, not so much for my sister. She's got three old twins and a six-year-old that start first grade Ooh. i guess this week uh so we try to go to her although she was here last week that was an entertaining week <laughs> with all the kids uh, all the kids oh good yeah. at your house yeah it was awesome i was actually uh somewhat getting in her kitchen about why she hadn't taught her twins to walk because all they do is run i'm like why did you not teach why how does that happen they like, go from you, crawling to running right like because god knows you don't run so why didn't you not teach the kids how to how to walk and anyway it was kind of a it was our our battle for the week but anyway it's it was a great week and it was fun to be with them yeah but that's that's a that's uh 
So we, we try, like, two, two to three times a year we'll try to get together. And for sure in the summer, whether it's through a vacation, family vacation or something like that. Um, holidays, if it works out. Yeah. Um, but we also have four kids on our own, so it's, it, you know, it's challenging. But we find a way to, to make it happen. We, sure, we sure. talk, I'd say we, we for sure talk multiple times a week. So we're pretty, we're pretty tight-knit, even if we're pretty far apart. Does your awesome. travel to Canada give you the opportunity to... And Canada's a big place, so I don't yeah. know if you yeah. can just sneak into Montreal and sneak out. But, right. Um, does that Has that offered any benefit of, of seeing them when up there for work? Well, it, 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 it's been cost-effective, because now I get, to, <laughs> yeah. I get to get paid to go there. <laughs> right. So, um, I actually, I was there. I got to visit in, uh, in June. I went to teach in Montreal. So I got to spend a, I guess, an unexpected or unplanned week uh, to visit with them and, and stay there the whole week. So that that was neat. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your life before real estate? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Montreal, and so typically in Canada, after you learn how to walk, somebody will teach you how to skate. <laughs> so I learned how to skate, and then uh, played hockey as a as a young man and then eventually was able to get drafted in the NHL. Awesome. So I got drafted in the NHL in 94. I don't know, it was a while back. Uh, but anyway, I got drafted by the New York Rangers, so I got to um, play professional hockey for almost nine years before I got to real estate. So, um, so when I was just explaining things about New Jersey, I sounded like a total jerk because you know all about New Jersey. No, I no. Well, you know, if you don't sound like a jerk from Jersey, something's not right. I guess. <laughs> uh, right, you well, gotta own it. Our, half of our listenership is in New Jersey, okay. so they're gonna love I, that. All right, um, I say that as a compliment. <laughs> they took it as a compliment. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, cool. I got honked at driving in New York and Jersey once, and I just figured everybody was waving at, like just saying hi or something like that. And <laughs> that's the Canadian. Yeah, in that, you. that's right. It's that's right. Friendly. It's like they act, yeah, that, I don't think that's what they're doing, Dave. I'm like, oh. They're just only waving one. with one that, finger. It's that, so weird. That's right. That's what right. They do. That's right. That's awesome. So uh, the transition from hockey to real estate wasn't just a vocational transformation no, no um it was cultural um and and i know because you and i have talked sure. about the the like the actual issues that you ran into right moving from being in canada all the time playing hockey and speaking french, french yeah to trying to run a business in st louis missouri well so, I, <laughs> I started i started real estate so i stopped playing hockey i was on the east coast in richmond virginia and then um I had back surgery. You know, you get beat up, and then you get to a point. And uh, my son, um, my son's 15. My son, So my son was born in 04. And at that time, that's when I was like, you know what? I'd like to be, like, I'm not going to make millions doing this. It's been an awesome ride. I've learned a lot. Um, but it was just, it was becoming a job, I guess, right? So, um and uh, I wanted to. So when I when my son was born, I wanted to be able to play catch and run around, or at least to an extent, mm-hmm. coach him and do those things. And um, you know, making a living playing sports, mm-hmm. although can look as being glamorous at time, it's also uh, uh, there's a, it's it's a lot more challenging. I think that people can realize physically, mentally, and all that. So. 
so that's kind of when I decided to slow down and uh, kind of hung him up at that point. And then uh, it took me about, I would say, a year, six months to a year before I, I really committed to real estate. And, uh, yeah, to, to your point, I think the biggest challenge had to be, at, at first, the biggest challenge at first had to be cultural. Yeah. <laughs> then the language part kind of kicked in. Not At that point, I was bilingual. Uh, but I was, I would call it locker room bilingual. So sure. it wasn't quite conference room bilingual. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I, I, uh, I had to, uh, you know, uh, polish a few things, Clean I guess. Uh, right, right. Clean mm-hmm. it up and polish a few things. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you, there's not many mistakes I didn't, I didn't experience to say, yeah, that might not have been the right timing for this one. Right, <laughs> so, right. So, um, because I, I, and I think I've said this to you before, like, you know, in sports or in hockey anyway, there is no HR, right? Right. No one comes to you and say, hey, Jess, it would be really nice if you, if you can pick it up a little bit today. Like, <laughs> I know yesterday you were tired, but if you can pick it up a little bit today, it would be really awesome. And um, so the, the, the quote-unquote accountability conversation are, 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 well, they're not really conversations yeah. to begin with. And, it's one-sided. Right. So, so when I got to, to quote-unquote the real world, and then like people are like, well, I got a headache. I'm just gonna stay home, or I, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just gonna sick, leave early. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what the, how does this work? Like, right. like how, how are we supposed to do anything here? Right, right. right? Um, yeah. So I know it was an interesting. Uh, mm. A lot of learning opportunities, I guess, the first 12 to 18 months for sure. Right. <laughs> so when you, so your last gig in hockey was in richmond virginia what made your way more midwest so at the time uh in um uh 2008 late late 2007 uh my wife at the time was working for wachovia securities the financial mm-hmm. uh institution that acquired uh ag edwards and through that merger uh, was given an opportunity to move here and, you know, climb the ladder and all that. And I was like, okay, well, let's go check out St. Louis and see what we can do. And uh, at that time, I had been in real estate for about two or three years, I guess. So we officially moved here summer of 08. Okay. And uh, uh, if you guys remember... Fall of 08 is when the, everything just came to a mm-hmm. screeching halt. Yeah. And the funny thing was we still had boxes in our garage that were not, like we hadn't touched yet. And then Wachovia got acquired by Wells. Uh-huh. And Wells is based, I believe, I'm not sure on that, but I, I, if I remember correctly, I think they're headquartered on the West Coast. And I remember saying, listen, we're, we're not even on back, so we're, <laughs> we're not moving. So we're just going to have to find a way to make this work here. And like, I'm not, well, you know, that hasn't been in six months. Like, right. You know, we sure. bought it first house, I think in June, this was like the fall. So, um, so anyway, so it was kind of a interesting time from, uh, like, you know, real estate market was kind of crashing. Um, uh, the, the, the stock market, I mean, it just the whole mm-hmm. environment was weird, right? Sure. That, that's how we landed here. Okay. Just, exciting times <laughs> <laughs> were yeah. you with keller williams before you came to st louis no nope. i was with an independent okay. i found um 
I found Keller Williams as a process of elimination, actually. Um, I was in coaching in real estate at a company uh, called uh, Brian Buffini Coaching yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they had a national network to promote uh, referrals. Sure. And uh, so when I moved here, I researched to see if there was any anyone in that program that were, might have been living here or was in business here. And um, Mark and Becky Sasser, who are agents in our office, mm-hmm. were uh, part of that program. So I just contacted them, and I'm like, hey, I'm, here's what I've done the last three years. Uh, I kind of build a team or some sort of business, and these were my numbers, and um, I'm moving to St. Louis. Can we chat? And that's essentially how I, I – I, so I joined them as a buyer's agent for about – about a year or so and the intent was just to get my bearings straight and figure out the lay of the land for about 12 months and uh eventually kind of do your own thing yeah okay so i didn't know that interesting yeah what if we could switch gears just for a little bit what does a typical day look like for you either when you're in st louis or when you're in canada or Mm -hmm. when you're in austin what or when kind all of three of those happen yeah. in the same week. Same so <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, so I try as hard as I can. So so Monday Monday's always a, a call day. So I, I, I usually manage or lead any kind of you know business conversation through I, I guess I I had to learn to be able to have uh, how to live through conference calls, sure. if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's a coaching call, whether it's an actual meeting, uh, whether, you know, whatever it is, like Monday at, at kind of as be- between requirements from Kellogg's International, commitments to Canada, uh, my Monday usually is, is I can be on the phone. Like today I started at 8 and I got off at 2. And they either 30 minutes or 60 minute calls that either I have to be on or that I'm leading. It just mm-hmm. depends on who's doing what. In the last six months, uh, some of them have moved to Zoom, right? Like the, the conferencing system. Conference, right? yeah. Like video? Yeah, okay. video conference. Um, I'm slowly adjusting to it. Because if I'm on the phone all day in my house, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, sure. and I don't have to worry about it. And now they're like, we're going to do Zoom. I'm like, oh. So it's a button-down in shorts. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think I'm an anchor in the right. news, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so, so, so Monday's that. Then the rest of the week, typically, depending if I'm traveling or not, gets planned on... You know, like I'll I'll divvy up my so if I'm in town, I'll divvy up my week with X amount of time at Kirkwood, X amount of time at Southwest, sure, and that sort of stuff. Okay. And then if I'm on the road, then then Southwest and Kirkwood then ends up end up being the one that I'm on calls with, sure, right, absolutely. and vice versa. So I, I'm not sure it's all it's 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 it sounds like it's clear as mud, but I'm slowly kind of making sense out of it in my Embrace own. Embrace the chaos. That's right. It's the only way to go. About it. right. It's the only way I know. <laughs> it sounds like your schedule stays relatively similar. You just are in a different place and well, using a different device. <laughs> well, for right. So 
so for instance, I'm going to Vancouver. So here's the the, the cool. Well, one of the challenges with Canada, Canada has six time zones, mm-hmm. right? So, for instance, I'm going to Vancouver uh, early September to teach. But but going all the way there, it's almost a day to travel there, day to travel back. So now you're left with three days, and then any calls that I make. If they're central time, then I'm two hours behind. If it's East Coast, Eastern time, I'm right. three hours sure. behind, so on and so forth. So it just, you, you have to, you develop a habit to, to have to plan things mm-hmm. uh, at least 30, ideally 60 in a perfect world, 90 days ahead. Uh, but the, like the Sunday night planning is not cutting it anymore, I can tell <laughs> you that. <laughs> well, that's one, of the, that's one of the things I was going to say. It amazes me because I get to sit in meetings with you on a weekly basis you have monthly and quarterly schedules that you maintain and then you pepper in weekly things and then find then, time for- then come to this <laughs> yeah. podcast right. yeah. <laughs> this, was, this is awesome this was on the schedule <laughs> yeah that's right uh, yeah it was right. but we only asked him two weeks well, ago and so. in fact right you, you text me earlier like about the time i'm like well your invite said 7 30 so <laughs> that's, you know you <laughs> almost got bundled <laughs> Yeah, he corrected us on our timing of our podcast. Yeah. No, but I just think it's fascinating how it's almost like you have this foundational base structure of things that you know have to happen on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis. And then somewhat biweekly, there's a little bit of a shake-up or or you're filling the gaps. And then you have more gaps. Like, what what is happening in there that makes that make sense to you? Because I struggle to even do the Sunday night thing or yeah. the monthly in, all thing. All in St. Louis. Yeah. And all I do is I, I literally drive 12 miles a day and I can't figure it out. I think, um, I think at the risk of sounding corny, I think you got to be clear on what you want. Like what, what do you want the end game to look like? And, uh, and, and, and I think if you're clear on, on what your end game is, um, for me, it's proven to be easier to then adjust my schedule accordingly and fill out the time. Like the reason why you threw me off with the eight o'clock thing was because I was drop dropping off my son at the rink in Afton because he had an eight o'clock practice. So I'm like, I'll drop him off around seven fifty, and I'll come here. But then when you said, that, I'm like, well, then I got forty five minutes. What now am I supposed do. to do? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. So well, sure, everything is dependent upon one. Right, because I, I try to, to to be as effective or as efficient as I can. So, um, so I think I think I think the people that struggle with schedule, I don't think this the struggle is the schedule for mm-hmm. sure. I think the struggle is being clear on why you need to be scheduled the way you need to be scheduled. Sure. And I think once you once that click, then it's easy to, to, to schedule it, in my experience, anyway. Okay. So, But if you don't know why you're scheduling stuff, or sure. if you don't believe in why you're scheduling it, then it's not going to happen. Right. Right? Then you'll constantly struggle with it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like if you're saying yes to everything, then you're saying no to a lot of stuff, well, which leads me to our next question, what... What kind of things are hard for you to say no to? Because you probably do, since yeah. you're pretty scheduled out. Um, hmm. So, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I would say... Um, 
like last second, like unplanned requests. Sure. Uh, and, and that, whether it's business related, whether it's kids related, it doesn't matter what it is. But because I, 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 I try or I work hard to try to plan as much as I possibly can, you know, far like ahead of time. Um, when and, and curveballs show up all the time, right? I always, yeah. I think, I think depending on where one wants to go, like being flexible is, is somewhat of a requirement, right? And being able mm-hmm. to pick and choose. So, so saying no, or being forced to say no to something that I wasn't able to plan for is hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I always tell people it's. It's no for now. Like I don't, I, I don't like to say no. Actually, uh, I, I try to accommodate and say yes as much as I can. Yeah. But the more time I have, then the more I can say sure. yes to. Right. Sure. Right. But if it's like at the eleventh hour, um, then it gets hard. It's no for now. Right. That's well, cool. But I like that. I mean, in my experience, when someone comes to you for a, uh, Dave calls them. What a, got have a minute? Got a minute? Yeah, have a minute? Yeah, got a minute. Um, when someone comes to you in in that light, it almost empowers you to to say, if I'm your last resort and it has to be done right now, then what have you been doing up to this point? Like, why are we here? You can kind of almost turn it back on them, yeah. and you know, and it helps you to not be obligated sure. to take that question, but it also helps empower them to maybe ask a little bit more questions on their yeah. own. I'll do that next time you come to me. That's okay. a great question. <laughs> Hey, I'm just kidding. I, have, I can't even <laughs> no, tell you how no, many God minutes I've, I've I think, got on your calendar. I think, um, I, I think the challenge with saying yes or saying no is not so much the action of it as much as commit, committing to what you're saying yes or who you're saying yes to or who or what you're saying no to. Right? Sure. And I think oftentimes the challenge is not so much saying no as much as it's saying no to the right things. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I think when you're wired to say yes, because you want to quote unquote please people, then um, it becomes kind of a, a vicious cycle. Well, you're treating, or you're teaching them how to treat you. You're right. teaching them that that's acceptable to just walk in and steal your time. Well, just if I just look at that person, it just, that's, an, to me, that's, that's an example, that's, that's an example of what, how, People don't really have a hard time with schedule or time blocking or calendaring, right? It's just that if, if they think that whatever it is they're asking for can wait until 5 o'clock or various mm-hmm. other ways whatever, of addressing right. it, then then that becomes a time issue, right? And that's the great equalizer. Yeah. We all have 24 uh-huh. hours. Right. Doesn't matter how you slice it. We right. all have it. So. so what kind of things, aside from the... The quick hits or the got a minutes or the last minute requests. What types of things trip you up? Like what keeps you up at night? What are what are things that um, not you can't say no to, but just sure. kind of bother you or, or irk you or give you present a challenge that you wouldn't uh, normally um, see there? Sometimes there's a lot that keeps me up at night. Um, I I am I am truly passionate to see people succeed and being fulfilled by what they're doing. And um, too often, or more often than I care for, I feel that a lot of people sell themselves short. And sometimes I'm in a situation where I almost wanted more than they do. Mm. 
and I got to find a way to, well, I don't have to find a way, but I'm just wired in a way that I just, I, I want to hold them and say, no, 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 you, you got this. Like, let, let's do this. Right. Sure. Um, that, that's something that, um, I, I, yeah, that, that's one of the things for sure that keep me up at night a lot. I've got four teenagers, so if they're not owned by midnight, that keeps me up. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so yeah. that's a that's a that's a special time. Um, <laughs> um, what else keeps me up? Yeah, I think I think just seeing there's so many people that helped me in my life, right? There's so many people. I've been blessed with all kinds of great coaching or mentoring and, and things like that, whether it's in sports or business. And um, and I remember one gentleman when I was living in Virginia uh, that that had a huge impact on me at the time. His name's Pete Bowman, and uh, he 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 really was overly generous. Like he was just giving his knowledge, his time, uh, all kinds of things. At the time, he was a an executive for Wachovia and just a super nice guy. And uh, and I would always try to, you know payback i got you know try to pick up a run of golf here or whatever and you would always say don't worry so when you said whenever you get in the position where you can give back just give back Hmm. right and he never had any expectation in return nothing and uh it's something it's it's, it always stuck with me right and um so I, i i try to do what he did for me as well as others as much as i possibly can and uh what keeps me up at night sometimes i feel like i'm not I'm not doing enough of it, right? Or I'm not, um, or I wish I could do more, or impact at a higher level, or all sure. that sort of stuff, you know? Sure. Um, well, not to sound overly sentimental or anything, but, you know, to a, a true testament that you're not somebody that talks a big game and doesn't do it or is kind of a blowhard with the, the things that you offer, um, I didn't understand that people like you existed when I was in the corporate world. I just didn't. It didn't make sense to me. Jess and I have talked about this. You show up, you punch your ticket, you do your thing, and you walk out the door. Nobody invested in me professionally, personally, emotionally. Um, from a, a, you know, one, one person in my 15 years in tech connected with me on, on those levels and really wanted to see you succeed. And when I came here and I got the opportunity to meet Dave and you, um, it it didn't make sense. I, you and I talked about this. Before. It didn't make sense yeah. to me. I thought, to be completely fair, that you guys were full of shit. Um, I was like, people like this don't exist. Right. Nice people who want to see you succeed and, and push you and try to, to get you to uh, see something in you that they see. It just didn't make sense to me. And so I, can, I am a, a testament to someone that has benefited from this unconditional support uh, from an office perspective. And although at times it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> um, but I can tell you that I am eternally grateful for Happen, uh, happen um, met Dave and him bringing me into the office because I would have never had the opportunity to not only improve my, my family's financial situation through coaching and training and mentoring, but really did a lot of self discovery on my own on myself and, and things that I needed um and, and certainly continuing in my personal growth so um you're I, I couldn't be more grateful that you're on the show but I certainly couldn't be more grateful that you're uh, a part of my world so well, thank yeah. you for saying thank you. you 
I mean, you guys are a good example. I mean, you, you guys make us better, right? So it, it, to me, it's a, that's the essence of a partnership. It's the essence of being teammates, right? If you make us better, then we should invest and, and commit to make sure that you guys get better too. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Sounds basic to me, but I get what you I mean, I, I hear you. I get it. Yeah, I don't know why it's so complicated. Uh, it shouldn't be, and to be honest, I think I was the I felt like the foreigner for so long, like in the corporate world when these young kids would come in and they whether they're programmers or facility guys, and I would want to work with them and teach them and show them, but you know you were getting you felt like you were getting resistance everywhere. Like, right. oh, don't do that. They'll right. figure it out, or they need to put in their time. Don't like, do that. But I'm also not going to show you how to do it. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, I mean, okay. I remember having bosses that would sit in their chair for eight hours, and there'd be lights out in the building and coolers that were hot. And I'm like, "Don't. Who's supposed to fix this stuff? Right. I think it's you. I guess I'll do it." <laughs> so it was crazy. It was crazy to me. So um, yeah, not to run into a fanboy moment, but I'm super appreciative of you and all the yeah, conversations sure. we've had and. The fact that you're in my backyard. I love being in your backyard. The <laughs> wine is good. The company is great. Yeah, right. I love it. I love it. Um, would you say there have been any defining moments that have made you who you are to encourage you to do what you do? I mean, I think there have been several. I mean, like, um, you know, like I said, I, I think I've been like, you know, the one thing I, the one thing that sports did for me is I got both sides of the coin, right? I, I got to experience really really strong healthy uh team environment with great leadership great coaches uh, captains whatever and and crazy enough great results and then uh <laughs> and then i got the experience to be on the other side of that coin with poor leadership bad teammates mm. uh you know selfish people and ironically we sucked so um <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know if I, there's a correlation there, but right. and um, yes, you do. <laughs> so right. So I, I think defining moments. I mean, there's been several in sports. Uh, I, I always, you know, my last year juniors, we won the national championship. Okay. And the coolest thing about that year actually is not so much the end result as much as is the journey that we took as a group to get to the end result sure. and and learning the requirements like you, you hear this all the time right that people need to learn how to win and i think i think some i think to an extent we all think that we know until you actually do it and you realize no i had no idea how hard this was going to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. so I, I i really believe that that year that coach that group, the, the the whole eight nine months that we spent together, um, I was nineteen, and and it, it, at nineteen by default, I think you're at you one of your first fork right. in your life, right? Sure. And I think um, I think that was definitely a defining moment. I, I go back to to what I learned that year a lot, like learning the fundamentals and, and that sort of stuff. And um, in business. Um, 2008 was very humbling right <laughs> right uh that was a special time um you know i i, I got divorced um that's a humbling you know okay. experience too um you know certainly i don't think anybody plans for that you know there's not a playbook that comes with it here's what you do when right. things go sideways right um 
I'll say the biggest thing I learned there was uh, uh, forgiveness and gratitude. And uh, a lot of people challenge that oftentimes, but I think I think uh, I learned a lot through that experience that had helped me through through work um, as well. Um, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of uh, you know like when I when I became a team leader when I became a team leader I took a mass well I mean I was selling at a pretty high pace and then uh, becoming a team leader our office was barely profitable I mean there was just not a whole lot on the table to to, to earn a living or a significant living at the time mm-hmm. um, and not long after going through a divorce all all of these moments I think in a way like keeps you grounded and, and remind you that um you know, to be grateful on a regular basis. Not speaking English, that'll humble you, right? Yeah. Go to a country that you have no idea what what's happening, right? right? That's a special time. <laughs> uh, it's almost that, like everybody is speaking another language. <laughs> right? Literally, right? Like, yeah. uh, so, so, I mean, all of these, in one way or another, kind of, I think, have, have shaped me to, to how I got here for sure, you know? So that's oftentimes is why I chuckle when I hear... Well, you don't understand. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's ever been hard for you. Right. It's all been a cakewalk. I think it's, it almost seems like all of those experiences, all of those moments have led you to kind of narrow down the lesson of, like, consistency, gratitude, being humble. Um, like, because, I mean, just being able to work in your office, we get to hear you speak. And it seems like that is a trend um, that you probably learned from your parents certainly was solidified through sports or structured sports. It's not yeah. bumblebee soccer or anything like that. You know, right. you're playing at a very high level, and then coming into 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 your career and then having those lessons um, is is that as I mean, not you know I think I always think of Curly from uh, um, City Slickers when someone asks him like, "What's the meaning of life?" and he like sticks up the one finger and he's like this. Right. People are like, "What does that mean?" Like, it's not that whatever yeah. your one thing is, like, it's not that... There's a guy who wrote a book that, about right, that. Right. <laughs> right. But it's not yeah, that complicated, right? Like, right. find out where, what your North Star is and then just live there. Yeah. I, I think I think all of us at some point or another... Well, I shouldn't say it that way. I, at some point or another, I've been an all-star at making things way more complicated than they <laughs> needed to be. Right? And it, and And I think, you know, like... It's funny, like, I don't consider myself old by any stretch. I'm only 43, but but I've lived quite a bit. You know, I've experienced a lot of things. And, um, you know, there's, um, I mean, life is pretty awesome. And to piss away a day because somebody look at you the wrong way or is gossiping about you or some sort of a unfounded opinion of you or whatever... I, screw that I don't have time for that right. you know what I mean like I don't it, whatever like, yeah you know let's move on like well and being in a leadership position you're you probably have people that say negative things about you or I'm sure about I do your <laughs> yeah or about I mean, your team sure. you know like I'm that sure. probably has to grind some gears I'm sure I do. it used to a lot it used to a lot and if you ask Jen uh Jen Kidini she'll tell you I have uh this unofficial saying that I unofficially trademarked, but she'll come and say things. I'm like, 
you'll be fine. It's okay, right? <laughs> and and I don't minimize people's challenges or people's sure. uh, current situation that they're sharing with me. Or I'm not minimizing any of that, but but I I, I sincerely believe that. Like you, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to be okay. Like it's this right. is real estate. It's not heart surgery. Right. You're healthy. Uh, you have, you know, we have great families. We have a lot, so many right. good things going on. Like I we're get going to a, home yeah, to a warm house. We're gonna be fine. We're we'll gonna be, be fine. okay. That's right. We'll be yeah. fine. You know, and um, again, it's not. Sometimes I get accused that I don't empathize enough or I don't sympathize enough because I'm saying that. But I see, I see it differently. The opposite. Right. I'm yeah. like no, because I'm trying to tell you that I hear what you're saying, but but you'll be okay. Yeah. It's, right. it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Right. For sure. So it's it's almost a blanket of support without the um like the enablement right you know what i mean um like you you say it all the time when we're in in meetings you're like you know i love you but you know this is what it is it's like you have to at some point you have to trust that like you will be fine i no matter what but here's what we need to do let's move on i haven't read this yet i ordered it i ordered it this morning actually somebody referred me a book called radical candor Ooh. I love the That's, title. That, of that was my. That was. I'm like, oh, I, like somebody's. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not like sure. Did she write this? <laughs> I'm not sure if it was like, hey, you should bitch. read this. It's really right. good. Or it was like, hey, you really should read this. You know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, but either way, did they I, ask you I, if you wrote it. Right? No, but they did say uh, that I would like it. So I. I uh, You'll have to let us know. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. So it should be interesting. So are you a book reader or a book listener? I'm a book reader, and I'll tell you why. So um, back up like 23 years when I came in the States to play hockey, I didn't speak English. Okay. So thank God I was in hockey because there's a whiteboard and we can draw things up and have a pretty actually really good conversation. But then when I left the rink, it kind of got weird, right? <laughs> so, um, and the way I learned it, I start reading uh, the newspaper a lot. Um, so I'll tell you a funny story. I can't remember where we were, but we're on the road. We, we, we travel on a Thursday. We have a game Friday night. So Friday morning, we have this, your morning skate. You go to the rink and all that's so on the way to the rink. Pick up USA Today, and I read it. Or read some of it. And then th- then we play the game that night. We go to the next place Saturday. So Saturday morning, get breakfast, grab USA Today. And I'm like, I read this. So I go, I'm like, where's the Saturday paper? And they're like, there's no Saturday paper. I'm like, but it is Saturday. And they're like, no, no, there's <laughs> no Saturday something. paper like for the USA. I said, anyway, so I'm trying to argue in a language that I don't speak yet. <laughs> I don't looking need for today's paper. paper. I've already read paper. this. Like, I understand what happened yesterday. <laughs> You're not understanding me. That's right. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? So, anyway, so so uh, that's when I found out that that USA Today was a Monday to Friday thing. Okay. So you're screwed. Right. So I'm like, I got to find something else for the weekend. But anyway, so 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 that's why I, I still to this day read because it always helped me learn. Sure. Whether uh, from an understanding perspective, pronunciation, you name it, or writing, because I didn't learn how to write in English either. So right. I, I, wow. I was just kind of a, you know, I would remember uh, what I would read and oh, I was written. I mean, granted, um, spell check has been great for me. <laughs> autocorrect. Right, autocorrect. Yeah. So, um, but that's why I read. And then 
I don't read books that are over 300 pages because uh, when I was, not that I don't, I don't read as much as I used to. When I was reading more than I do now, the reason why I did that was because I could read 10 pages a day and be done in a month. Makes sense. Uh, Because for me at the time, 10 pages could take me up, depending on the book, could take me up to an hour. it It was a battle sure you know what i mean like i'm like you know like all right what did that mean then you got to go back and you know so i'm like all right so i can if i can do 10 pages a day for a while i should be all right i can get a book that's up to 300 page i can give an hour a day to figure this out and i've maintained that uh that philosophy for different reason now (laughs) now it's just easier to read i'm a little faster but i still don't want to go over 300 (laughs) two weeks you can get it done in two weeks right right are you reading anything now well, I'm going to start tomorrow when okay. I get this. I can't wait yeah. to feel the effects of radical candor. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the next office meeting. I'll, I'll give it to Dave. Yeah. I'll give a copy to Dave, too. Please do. When you, when you read, are you a cover-to-cover reader? Because guys like Seth Godin, he says he reads a book a day. Mm. Yeah. But he literally skims. He doesn't really read it. He said, I can understand what an author is trying to do or what a book is sure. trying to get across in the first hour or two. And then I can kind of skim the rest and, yeah. and get the idea. So do you read hmm. cover to cover? Or? For the most part, I do. More so, like I said, just as a personal habit, habit challenge. Sure. And just because for me, for me, reading, there's twofold to it. There's the content of the book, but there's also, there's also like maximizing my, um, maximizing my ability of, of keep getting better with, sure. with the Good language, growth. right? So. Yeah. So that's why I, I my goal is always to do it cover to cover. Okay. Nice. Um, what I love this is my favorite question that we've had so far. Um, since we're talking about books, we can talk about movies really quick. <laughs> what are your top three movies of all time? And one of them has to be Toy Soldiers with Sean Astin Shut and Lou Gossett up. Jr. Because it's my I'm just You're kidding. Such a weirdo. Any three? It's not Dumb and Dumber. Oh, okay. I know the story from Dave. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, every time I see it on TV, I think of him and I call him or text him. Nice. Um, so, God, I hope there's like a Canadian movie we never heard. I of. no. Well, there there would be there was a series, but that wouldn't be a movie. But there was there was a not that you wouldn't, but knowing you a little bit more, I know you would love this. It's a, it was a series, so it was a TV series, and it was called. I guess if I translate, we call it like the boys, and it was, was around it? a um, uh, like a men's league hockey team. Okay, it was hilarious. It was it was awesome. It was in French, I assume. Yeah, it was. So okay. you would see the guys like running to the rink on a Friday night after work, like so you'd have an attorney <laughs> on the team, a doctor, a judge, you know, like yeah. show up and tie, like you know, with and then they would go out, hang out, eat wings, you know, <laughs> tell stories all night, dreaming of the Stanley Cup, and then you you'd see their their person. Anyway, it was it was it was very. Uh, Anybody who spent some time in men's league can relate at a high level. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like our Wednesday night <laughs> hockey league. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Does it? So, a little. I mean, we don't eat. Well, we eat some wings sometimes. Yeah. So, movies. Um, so, I mean, I you know, the a couple of, I guess, somewhat, you know, Braveheart and that stuff. I, yes. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy Gladiator. But really, if I'm thinking, like, just something, like... 
uh, what do you call it? Like for um, where there's no like think like kind of a dumb and like dumb, yeah, dumb entertainment, right? Sure. So um, what's the uh, I can't think of the name right now, but I've watched that one a hundred times. Just describe it, and oh, you'll Vague, tell the you. vague, like the Bachelor in Vegas. Hangover. Oh, hangover. Yes. We just watched that. Love Hangover. So Love the first one. Right. Yeah. I never even watched the other one. You don't need to. Out of respect for the first yeah. one. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I think. I thought I would be cheating on the first yeah, one. Yeah, right. you've seen everything you need to see. And I've watched the first one several times. Um, that was uh, that was always a good laugh. Uh, I love old school. Yes. <laughs> Streaking at the. Oh my I God. thought. I, I, that always, uh, I mean, if it shows up on TNT or whatever, I'll stay up and watch it. Yes. I'm not, not afraid at all. Um, you need a third one? Gone with, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know what that third one would be. I'll have to get back to you on the third it's one. It's okay. okay. I, well, let's just assume, for argument's sake, that it's Toy it's, Soldiers there you go. with Sean Astin yeah. and Lou Gossett Jr. Got it. The greatest movie of all time. All time. Good okay. lord. Um, <laughs> I would love to know, someone that travels as much as you do, what's a pet peeve of yours when traveling? If um, you have any. Can I interject yeah. two pet peeves into your cognition before you answer? Yeah. Early standers on airplanes. <laughs> so somebody that the... the you land, you're at the gate, everybody stands up. Right. What, Where are you what are you going? standing up for? Where yeah. are you going? And people that clap when you land. Ugh. Jess oh. is one of the two. You're a liar. Are and you it's, not? I'm definitely not a clapper. You're 100% an early standard. Or someone that claps at the end of the movie. I'll punch somebody. <laughs> it's so lame. But do you clap because you're happy that the movie is over? I or don't because it was good? clap at all. I oh, don't like it. That's okay. a pet peeve of mine. I got you. So, a uh, pet peeve of mine would be the one that's arguing on the plane that his suitcase actually fit on top. And it, <laughs> and it doesn't. Like, everybody knows this isn't going to fit. Like, th- there's no way. And they're like, they're arguing. They're trying to convince the people that are sitting around or the flight attendant, no, this is going to fit. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, that's always very annoying. Um, uh, I think that's, that's by far the biggest. So that happens way too often. And I don't know... I don't know if it's because the person that, that check you on is just not paying attention, you know, as to what people are willing sure. down to. That's sure. not a 14 by 16 right. by 12, just, buddy. You know, this isn't going to fit, right? right? Like, and and, uh, and it, lately, I feel like they're always right in front of me, too, right? Like, it's like, can you help me out? Yeah, I'll give it back to the flight attendant. <laughs> They'll check this. That needs to go under. It's not going to fit. I'm going to take this spot. Right. Probably like that. <laughs> and so, mine fits just right. Right. There we go. Right. That's awesome. And, okay. And um, I'm going to say this. So I, I I'm going to I, I got to throw a disclaimer in here. So I, I I absolutely love kids. I have no problem traveling. I travel my son a lot when he was a little one. Where I get annoyed though is when one chooses to have a screaming party of one and no one is doing anything about it. Like right. it's cute. Like they're they're still reading their book, right? Like that's not cute. Like at least make an effort, right? Sure. Like, now I get it. There may not be anything we can do, but right. I'd like to at least see you try. Mm-hmm. Well, like, if they're making an effort, they understand what a inconvenience it is. Right? Just sure. make an effort. Something. Just try, right? Like just just at least so I can say, all right, at least you're trying. It's right. But when it's like it's like they're acting like it's not their kid. I'm like, come on, man. Like, They're like, like, I'll pass. Right, I'm like, done. Yeah. Right, like, can yeah. you watch him? I'm going to run to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Really quick. Right. Can you get him a apple juice? Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but um, 
other than that, I think I think I find it uh, funny how stressful people get traveling. For you know, sure. like whether you're in line at the TSA or when you're in line customs sometimes or what. It's like there's nowhere to go. Like, right? Why are you getting so upset? Like, well, and I feel like. Whenever we were supposed to go as a family to a restaurant or God help us if we were going through customs, it was, listen, you two, yeah. you shut up. Yeah. You say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We talk. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people in this world didn't get that conversation. Well, it's Like if you get pulled over, it's yes, yeah. sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Sure. Got it. We'll yeah. move along. Well, a lot of people are busy making out with their phone. Right, so they're waiting in line and they're like this, and they don't even know that they're up to go to TSA or to go through, yeah, uh, to go through uh, customs or right. whatever. Right, so right. to get a yes sir, they probably have to Google it. Right, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I always think it's funny when we're traveling and we're going through, like if I'm traveling with Sarah or something, she immediately turns into someone who is unsure whether or not she's a drug mule. <laughs> Like, we're walking up, and she's, like, like they're getting ready to put our stuff, and she's like, but what if? I'm like, what if what? Like, did somebody smuggle drugs? Like, she's nervous. Right. Like, what are you nervous about? You have, like, nothing. A There's curling iron. A curling iron right. in flip-flops, and yeah. you're afraid somebody put some Colombian Bam Bam in your bag <laughs> while you were in the bathroom. My, my wife is terrified. Well, I wouldn't say terrified. She, she's not the most comfortable person on an airplane. She's not. I've flown with her. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay, so, Last year. It was not So good. sometimes, <laughs> like, it's it gets bumpy, right? Oh, and God. I'm half asleep, and then I get that boom on your arm, and you're like, oh, what's going on? And then and then you can, you know, God love her, but she gets real, real nervous about it. And then Aww. if you land and there's a couple bump, the whole plane will know exactly where she's sitting, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, there will be a scream, like... Oh my god! You know, like somebody, and it cracks me up all the time. And especially when we go to mega camp or family reunion, when there's a bunch of St. Louis yes. people, people are like, "Our kidner's on this plane." Yeah, I know. That's well, that was my experience. Someone who's so in control, yeah, and so comfortable, yeah, and a can can gonna, run the whole show. Plane's gonna it's throw funny off. Funny to yeah. see someone. It's, it's the same with. LB, I've I've oh, really? awesome with her. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, that. she was she wasn't terrible, but she was she got nervous. I mean, she freaked out a couple of times. It was pretty entertaining. She's gonna yeah. love that. It's funny. Hi, Laura. Okay, so this is a a personal indulgence. When you go back to Canada, yeah, what's your favorite thing to eat? Like at home, like mom or grandma or dad or somebody made. Like, what's your favorite thing? Um, you know, anything. My mom. My mom's a great cook. Like, really good cook. So, um, and this is kind of funny. I, I right, I've, I've touched on it earlier. So, I'm, I'm on my second marriage, and neither of them were married because of their cooking skills. <laughs> so, um, so and they know it. It's fine. Even if they hear this, they won't be surprised. Okay. So, so I can, I it's, not a, it's not it's not a secret. You don't okay. have to edit that. Okay. okay. So, so, um, um. And, and my mom is a really, really good cook. So it was always a That's running joke. Well, it was always a running joke, right? Because like, they'll say, like, you know, when you're younger, they'll say, well, girls are attracted to what their dad looked like and boys are going to be attracted to what their mom uh, was like or looked like. And clearly I, I, I wasn't there that day, right? Right. So, <laughs> uh, so, so really anything my mom makes is phenomenal. Really? Uh, she'll make – and she makes – everything is homemade. Like, she'll make, like – 
our own, our own sauce, our own, I mean, our own everything. So uh, Christmas was always an, an event at my house, like for at least, uh, at least 15, 16 years, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve was always at my house. I mean, as long as I can remember before I left, it was always at my house. And uh, a big part of it was because of how good of a cook my mom sure. was. They so, all wanted to go there. Right. Yeah. I mean, go where the food. It's like realtors, right? You feed them, they show right. up. Oh they show God, up. For sure. Training yeah. and uh, training with food. That's oh, right. All right. Oh, this is going to be a good no, class. I can't wait to learn. <laughs> yeah, my, so my husband's family is Canadian. And we, so every other year we alternate. We either do Canadian Christmas or Italian uh-huh. Christmas. And they love them some sugar pie. They love yeah. They So, yeah. Have you been there in, uh, in the spring? I've only been to Canada in the summer for the regats. Oh, uh, okay. So you've yeah. never been in the spring to one of those like sugar shack, like like you know in the. No, where... but that sounds right up my alley. Yeah. So you sugar could shack. so in in the spring like they like so like they like trees that produce all right. So you can have it as you'll you'll get one of those like wooden stick and they'll lay it on the snow and you just roll it. I've seen that. Roll internet. the roll your your like a popsicle stick. Like you a just sugar roll lollipop. It. Yeah, it's outstanding. I mean, you walk out, your teeth are falling off, but it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I I, I haven't been home in the spring in a long time, but that that'd be a stop I would make. Okay. You should negotiate that. Go go in the spring and certainly can. Some. We negotiate place... that with Dave, or no, we have a place with? to go. Like okay. every every time our Canadian family hears of us so like why aren't you here right now well there so, you go right. you could go I do that yeah check out the spring it's a good um, thing okay so i'm curious you know we asked dave this and he gave a really weird answer about the music <laughs> um but like what types of music do you listen to or what types of things do you listen to to get pumped up i know you still play a little bit of hockey whether it's pond hockey or or somewhat stick yeah. and puck style yeah um, what do you get what up yeah? About. What jacks you up? What do you listen to? Like a, whether it's a big meeting or a big something. I'm the old. Well, from my perspective, I guess I'm old school on that. I'll still listen to um, like ACDC and Metallica, Guns N' Roses. Uh, cool. You know, just that that kind of stuff. Um, in fact, I coach I coach hockey. I coach high school hockey for Ladue. Uh, okay. My son's a freshman there this year, so. May or may not be my last year. I don't know. Depends how we and I end up. But um, it's fat. I we joke with the kids like because they listen. God knows what. I couldn't even tell you what it is. Um, but I'm like, what happened to like like this? Like you know, like like ACDC. How do you get like, jacked how, up to how does that mumbling. get you excited? Like, <laughs> what is this? You know and. And uh, so, yeah, so every once in a while, like, uh, we'll hijack their playlist and then we'll download a few things that we actually like as we're standing outside the locker room. Like, oh, here's a song that we know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, from, from uh, you know, if I work out or t- I, I, I like that, that. That's the kind of stuff that I, I used to go back to. And then uh, I guess if I'm just driving or by the pool or not, like, I, I, I guess, like, 90s rock or uh, – Live or uh, Dave Matthews or I, I got a pretty wide variety. Uh, uh, Lincoln Park. Uh, I mean, you yeah, know, that sure. sort of stuff. I love okay. it. Yeah. So, who is one person you know that we should know? How do you want to know them? 
Like, do you want to know them? Like, like you, you're, are you asking as a, intimate an, an introduction? <laughs> or? Uh, no, but I no, not an introduction. Not I think you, Adam. Like, either I would say you could answer it either. Like, who would be, who do you know that would be a great interview? Okay. Or just someone that you know, either business wise or family wise, would be a great person for us to know that we sure. could grow from learning from them. Sure. Uh, so a great interview, uh, and I think, I don't know if you know him, but I know you you play golf with us with uh, Shannon Lewandowski. I just mm. talked to him about it. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's that, he's one of my, he's my best friend. He, he, um, he's an awesome guy. Um, I have a ton of respect for him, and uh, he, he's just a good human being. Okay. Uh, happens to be good at what he does, too, but, but above all, he's just a really good person. Uh, nice. So I would say that. And then... Um, that's a great question. I mean, we kind of know a lot of the same people. Uh, I'll tell you another guy that I think is, uh, that you guys wouldn't know, that I think is also awesome, is um, a guy by the name of Scott Combs. So are you familiar with uh, Combs Auto Tire over at, in Kirkwood at uh, Big Ben and, and uh, like behind the Target, so Big Ben and uh, uh, Manchester, I uh-huh. guess. Okay. Right? Um, Scott, Scotty, so it's ironic. So they're, those two guys are two are the first two guys I kind of met when I moved to St. Louis. So I met Scotty. So when I moved to St. Louis, I found a group of guys that were skating at 630 in the morning at Kirkwood Rink. And, uh, we just, you know, we, we, we would skate every Tuesday morning and happen to sit next to each other and just start you know, sure. having conversation, and, and then he tells me why I do, I, you know, he, he owns a, a auto mechanic shop that his father started, you know, years ago, and so, in fact, his father was the first CFO of the Blues back in the 70s when they launched the Blues. Wow. Isn't that funny? That's awesome. That so, when you fun. go in his shop, there's pictures of the Blues everywhere. It's yeah. like you walk into a sports bar, but they're going to fix your car and stuff. Right. <laughs> cool. So it's really cool. Anyway, Sky is an awesome dude. And um, also always been a really good friend. Great, great, great human being. Uh, great family. Uh, he's got four kids. I think he's got three now in college. Yeah, three in college. And, um, yeah, just a really good, really good guy. It's funny. Like, I'll give you an example, right, from a business perspective. Like we all, we often talk about leverage the things you're not good at and focus on the things that you're really good at mm-hmm. and kind of teamify this and see what happens, right? Yeah. In a in a nutshell, anyway. Yeah. And I tease Scotty all the time because I bet he's never done an oil change of his life, but he's been working there for twenty some years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's the but, ultimate leverage. But, but it's funny because the one thing they those two guys have in common is if I go out with Scotty, uh, uh, spe- specifically in Kirkwood, but almost anywhere, but specifically in Kirkwood, I mean, he might as well be the mayor. Everyone <laughs> knows him. Everyone knows his wife. It's like they, like it's like his shop has been the the shop for for sure. like generations now. Yeah, right? like, sure. And um, so he's, he's he knows a ton of people and just a really good guy. And then Shannon, uh, Shannon's a, a lot like it. I, I go to a blues game. I'll go to a blues game with a t-shirt or just a sweatshirt on, and most of the time, Shannon looks like he owns the team, right? <laughs> but he knows everybody. Like, right. we go for a lap uh, on the concourse, we grab a beer, 
and uh, and 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 it's like you you just he knows everybody there. It's it's yeah. it's uh, it's, uh, it's really cool. And then uh, I'll throw another one, Steve Albers. Yes. Uh, Steve Albers started. Uh, he's the owner of uh, Centerize Brewery. Oh sure. He's one of my uh, he's one of my idol too. Takes a lot of guts to do what he did and to have it to where it is now. It's fun to uh, mm-hmm. it's fun to see what what where his journey took him from making beer in his basement to. Yeah, now buying nice. it on the shelf uh, right. in, in various places and and be able to uh, uh, yeah it's it, those are I would say those are three pretty solid guys that I would you'll say e- so. I guarantee yeah. you'll either have a lot of fun with them or you'll learn something but one or of the both. two will like happen both. for sure right yeah, both that's awesome um, yeah um, got to play golf with with Louie and have dinner at your house with him mm-hmm. and, and talk a couple of times uh, we're gonna. Uh, get together and have talked about doing the podcast. Yeah, you should. He's a good um, guy. The thing that I loved about Steve Albers from Center Ice, you brought us there last year. Yeah. Um, to it was touted as a like a lunch and learn right. or, or drink and learn. Like have a couple of beers at the brewery and learn yeah. from this guy who uh, did this did this thing. Um, the thing that amazed me about him was not the fact that he went through the same struggles that a lot of business owners go through or the fact that he hung it out there to to make something happen and it, and it is working out, but the fact that he documented yeah. it all. Yes. Not just the not just like when we made it. He was yeah. like, baby, yeah. we not made that it. highlight reel. He yeah. was in his basement brewing yeah. beer with a vlog yeah. and editing. I mean, I got to talk to this guy. He was editing at 4 a.m. just yeah. so... Like the documenting yeah. the journey was insane to me. Yeah. I've gone back and I've watched his whole story. Yeah, it's unbelievable how how much like just disdain for failure that takes. Yeah, he just didn't care. He was like, I know I'm going to fall on my face a ton. He had, what did he have like six or seven locations ironed out before this locations yeah. in the slew. Yeah. I mean, it was just it well, was just amazing like- to ride the roller coaster with him as a viewer. And as someone that's trying to build something, it's yeah. like, dude, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, his, like, commitment to being vulnerable it is, is just, like, God, it's cool. helpful for anyone that yeah. wants well, the, to see what that takes. The common thread between those guys is that they're all very real. Like, for they're sure. very grounded and, and all had, well, I don't want to speak for them, but from, I guess, what I understand of their journey is that they all had somewhat humble beginnings and... Uh, a lot like I did, I guess, and yeah. and, and uh, I've found a passion that that they're nailing it now and enjoy doing what they're doing, and they're really good at it, you know. And um, yeah, I think I think those are three guys that I would say you would definitely. I know for sure you would have fun, but you would also learn something <laughs> yeah. uh, along the way. For well, sure. I've had to, I've gotten to have fun with Shannon a couple of times, so I can only imagine yeah. what it would be like to. Yeah. Sit out here. And, yeah. Uh, well, we might have to pimp your name out to get them on the show. I, I'll, I'll call them for you if you want <laughs> yeah, to. I would like love they, it. Yeah. That's awesome. We would love Absolutely. it. Well, we really appreciate your time. I love and this. And your, awesome. you know, your guidance, your coaching, and your willingness to give us your time every day, not just today. So thank you so much. I, it, this was awesome. I've never done this before. That was really cool. Well, Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Oh, are you still there? <laughs> They're still here. That's crazy. Um, well, if you can't get enough of us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Welcome to Our World. 
And thanks for listening. And if yeah. you listen on Spotify or iTunes, it'd be pretty cool if you gave us a rating. And tell your friends. All right. Thanks.